Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, A Victorious Life, Discipline My Body, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on February 4th, 2018. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning. You guys excited for a fun day? A day of worship, a day to, to reflect and uh, renew our spirits, uh, a day to, to gather together as a church in his presence and uh, worship our loving and uh, merciful God. You know, um, as we think about just these songs that we sang and, and watching this video about worship, um, and you look at God's word, we, we realize that God is, has always required all of us, right? And when I mean all of us, I don't mean all of us as a group, as all of us as an individual. God has required that we give all of ourselves to him, that we leave nothing out, that we leave nothing behind, that we give him everything. And the Bible's very clear about that, right? Well, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles. I know Jason told you to mark to uh, chapter 12 of the book of Romans, but I want you to flip to the end of the story. And I want you to turn to the book of Revelation chapter 3, all right? I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I want to start with this because this gives us a really good introduction, a good picture of what we're going to talk about in regards to what Paul's saying in Romans chapter 12, okay? So Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 15, we're going to read a couple of verses here. This is Jesus Christ talking to the church. Jesus says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold, cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. As you listen to that verse, what, what comes to your mind? What do you hear Jesus saying? Well, just to give you a little bit of how Pastor Floyd thinks, I, I think about the hokey pokey. <laughs> Have you guys ever played that? Have you ever sung that song, the hokey pokey, put you right in? I promised Jeff I wouldn't dance for you. I was going to, but he discouraged it. So, but darn it, maybe later after service, I'll dance for you. But if you think about the song, the, the hokey pokey, right? It, it tells you, put your right in, arm in, put your right arm out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the song, as they kind of get you worked up and moving, it says, put your whole body in. And then take your whole body out. And the reason why I kind of I think about this song is as I read this passage in the book of Revelation as Jesus is talking to the church and he's telling us, hey, if you're not all in, then you don't really belong to me. And what you don't realize is that, that you think you have it all, you think you have it figured out because you're looking at it from a world perspective, a world view, but I'm telling you this, that if you are hot, if you are all in, then you truly belong to me. See, what, what happens sometimes, I think, and I know um, we find our excuses for it, or our reasons behind it, 
But what happens is that we end up playing the hokey pokey with our faith, right? We're in it one moment, we're excited about what's going on, and then we go away from here and then we're like, oh shoot, never mind. And we put one arm in, never fully committing. But see, God's word, God's teaching us and helping us to understand that, that he wants all of us. And this is the reason why we come to the end of this series as, as we look at how we are to live this victorious life that God has called us to, that God has given us, right? Because we don't fight for victory. We live from victory because we have victory in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ already accomplished what needed to happen for you and I to live a victorious life. So we start from that platform. We begin from there. But I'll tell you, we, we can't be halfway in. We've got to be all the way in our whole bodies. God wants all of us, everything that we are. See, and God's word teaches us this. God's word shows us this. See, Paul here in this passage that we're going to look at here in just a, a moment, he reminds us that God wants all of us. He wants our bodies. He wants everything that we are, our whole self, our whole person our minds, our hearts, our souls, everything that we are. Not just our arm. Not just a little bit over here. Not just this, that, or the other. But everything. Everything. He wants all of you. See, if we are truly going to worship God if we are to come together as the church and worship God, we have to be present, right? You know, there's, there's times when, when, when I come into my quiet times or my times with God and, and my body is there, but I'm not present with God because I'm distracted, I'm thinking about other things or I want other things, but God requires us that we are to be present in his presence, Right? See, and that means all of us. That means everything that we have. So this morning, we're going to look at what the Bible says about being fully surrendered to God and what that looks like. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. And Lord, as we look at your word, as we read it together as your people, Father, as we hear the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, as you give us the end of the story, as you help us to understand the things that you want for us and desire for us, Father. Lord, help us to be all in. Help us to come completely with everything that we have, open and willing and obedient to discipline our bodies, to discipline our lives in a way that would bring honor and glory to you, Father. Lord, I know that you're working on each and every one of us right now in this moment. So I pray, Father, that as you stir our hearts, as you help us to see clearly the things that you have for us, Father, I pray that you would help me. Help me to, to figure out the areas of my life that, that maybe I haven't surrendered to you. Maybe there's something which I know there is. There's some things in my life that, that, that I haven't given over completely. Lord, I pray 
that together as a church that we would encourage each other and that we would look to your word and we would look to you and that we would trust you and that we would surrender completely. Lord, we love you and we thank thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the book of Romans chapter 12, and I'm gonna encourage you to read this whole passage yourself, this whole chapter sometime this week, but I wanna look at the first two verses because Paul says a whole lot here, and I think it's very applicable in the essence of us discovering how we discipline our bodies and what that looks like and what God would expect from us as his children. So in Romans chapter 12, just the first two verses, let's read that together. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, the first thing that that jumps right off the page here, the first thing that we have to see is that you are the offering. You are the offering. See, in verse one, Paul just jumps right into it. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That you are to become the offering to God, holy and acceptable. And this, this is your spiritual worship. This is how we worship. When we come together on Sunday mornings and we walk into that door, we give God all of ourselves. Every morning when we wake up and we get out of bed, we give God all of ourselves. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. See, this passage, it gives us a picture of what it looks like to discipline our bodies, to bring glory and honor to God. See, we give our bodies as a sacrifice. We give ourselves as the sacrifice, as the offering to God, saying, I come to you wholly and completely, everything I am, from my head to my toe, my hands and my feet, all that I am is yours. See, when we offer all that we are, we're doing what Jesus commands us to do in the Gospel of Matthew. See, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and do what? Follow me. See, You sacrifice yourself. You give yourself to God if you want to follow Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't ask them just to give a little bit. I want us to be very clear on this. There's no middle ground. In in, In Revelation, in Matthew, Jesus says, God wants all of you. He doesn't want you on the fence. He doesn't want you one foot in and one foot out. He's not going to do the hokey pokey with you. He wants your whole body. He wants everything that he created you to be, to be with him. See, you are the offering. So this morning, as we think about these passages of what Paul's saying, 
I want you to ask yourself, did I come this morning prepared to give everything that I am to God? See, that's a challenging question because I know the world around us and the distractions and the things that go on in our lives, they distract us and they kind of pull us away a little bit. They fight for our attention. They fight for, for our, our, our lives and they fight for everything that we are. But this morning, right here, right now, God wants your attention. He wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you and he himself has sacrificed everything through his son Jesus Christ so that you might die to yourself and follow him. If you would, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew with me. And I want you to listen to this story because I think it's a very applicable story, especially to our time. It's a parable of Jesus, Matthew 19. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but the backdrop is this young man comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what does it take to follow you? What do I need to do? And Jesus basically lays it out for him. He says, hey, you follow the commandments of God. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't do the basic things. You know it. You understand it. God's already given us his commands. He's already showed us. And the, and the young man, he just says, well, well, okay, I already do all of these things. I've already got that figured out. What do I need to do? Well, just like Jesus knows our hearts, he knew the heart of this young man. And I want you to look what Jesus says to him in verse 20. He says, the young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus says, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. See, this man didn't want to give God everything that he had. He was willing to follow but according to his will and not God's will. See, that's no different for you and I. That's no different than what Jesus is saying in the book of Revelation in chapter three. He says, if you want the treasures of heaven, if you want this, if you want to follow me, you have to be willing to give it all up. And it starts by you dying to yourself. It starts by you sacrificing yourself and giving it up to me. If you read a little further down in verse 23, Jesus says to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And then in verse 26, he looks at his disciples and he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. There's a couple of things I want to dispel here because I think there's some things that we have to kind of clarify here. What Jesus is telling him is not that that if you have money that you can't go to heaven, okay? (laughs) It's, It's not about that. It's about the heart, all right? 
You know, King David, Solomon, they were wealthy people. I believe they're in heaven right now. <laughs> but what Jesus is saying is that if you're not willing to give up yourself, if you're not willing to discipline your body enough to give it all to me, everything that you are, everything that you have, then it's easier, it's easier for someone to put a camel through the eye of a needle. Now there's been a little bit of a date, debate on what that eye of a needle means and, and this is, I'm gonna tell you what I believe it means. I'll tell you what other people think it is because in Jerusalem, in Israel, there's little doors that are entrance to the city and they call that the eye of the needle and they think, you know, you can't get a camel through there because it's just a small little opening and uh, see, that, that's too easy for me. I, I, I got a bigger God than that. <laughs> I, I think Jesus is being literal here. I really do. Because think about what man can do and what God can do. See, with God, all things are possible. See, God can get that camel through the eye of that needle. Man might be able to if it's that little doorway. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Even if we have to cut up that camel and put him in one piece at a time. <laughs> we might do that, right? We'll figure it out. We'll get him through. But, but I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to us here. He's saying, if you're willing to do your part and surrender all, I've already done mine. And I'm gonna continue to do that. And with me, everything is possible. You know, it makes me think of the passage, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, right? Keyword, all of his righteousness. And what? Everything else will be added unto you. God will take care of it all. See, I think what happens is we don't offer our bodies, we don't offer ourselves as an offering. We don't come completely because we, we want to hold on to some things. There, there's some, some, some things in our lives that we want to kind of keep for ourselves and don't really want to kind of give over to God or trust God with. And I, I don't know what those things are for you, but I know what they are for me. And there's moments and there's times when God gets me and he, and he wrestles with me and he says, well, you need to give that to me. Seek me first and everything that I have and I'll take care of all the rest. Trust me with that. And I think God is telling us all the same thing this morning. Whatever it is, whatever it, you want to hold on to, whatever you're leaving behind or you don't want to put in, trust him with it. See, because all things are possible with God. Now, I heard this funny little story about a pastor that uh, was preaching a sermon on, on offering and giving and, and there was this little boy in the audience and he's just like enamored by this message and man, the Spirit of God just kind of overtook this little boy and at the end of the service the pastor says all right everybody we're going to take up an offering right now and so as we do that I want you to come forward bring your offering you can pray here at the altar and and uh, just let's just surrender to God all that we have right now and uh, so this little young man you know he's fired up he gets up there and he goes and he he grabs the offering plate and he puts it on the floor and he stands in it and he just kind of bows his head and so you see this picture of this young man just sitting or standing in the offering plate, praying and crying out to God. And of course, because of the moment, nobody bothered him. But at the end of the service, the pastor comes and he says, young man, he says, 
why, why did you stand in the offering plate? What were you doing? And all the little boy could say is, that's all I had is me. And I wanted to give God everything I have. Amen? Amen. See, that should be us. The faith of a child. We are the offering. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 and 23. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So you have to be all in. You have to be fully surrendered. You have to be willing to do as God commands. See, and it takes discipline. It takes effort. And truly, it takes a dependence on the one true God. It takes us trusting him. And because of this, because of God's love for us, because of who God is, let's give our bodies as a living sacrifice. See, it truly is God's plan for our lives. It truly is God's purpose for us as believers that we would surrender ourselves in all that we are. And for the very reason that he says here in verse two in our passage is that you are created to worship. What, what, by definition, what does the term worship mean? What, what does it mean? Well, simply it just means to give over our affections, to give our love to something or someone. See, the fact of the matter is that, that we will all worship something or someone. Some of us worship the Dallas Cowboys. Well, let me rephrase that. Two of us, Henry and I, worship the... <laughs> Sorry, I was brainwashed as a kid, you know? What do you do? Just pray for me. <laughs> we all give our worship to something, don't we? We fall in love and we, we give our affection. Sometimes it's people, sometimes it's material things, sometimes it's our work, but there's always something there that we give our worship to. But what this verse tells us here is that we are created to worship God. Verse two, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we demonstrate our surrender by refusing to conform to the world. And we allow God to transform us through the renewing of our minds. We let him change our mindset, the way we think, who we worship, how we worship. First Chronicles 16 says it perfectly. Verses 23 and 24, it says, Sing to the Lord all of the earth, Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all of the peoples. See, when we give ourselves to God, it is, in, it is reflected in how we live. Isn't that true? Do you believe that this morning? 
when, when we give ourselves to God, it changes us. It makes us think differently. It makes us act differently. We behave differently. We respond differently. Sing to the world of his salvation. Declare his glory. See, God has created us so amazing, so distinct. And he's created us and shaped us to to worship him. He's given us a heart of worship. We have that in us. It's, It's a natural character or trait that we have to worship things, to give ourselves, to give our affections over. But it was intended for God. God intended us to worship him, to trust him, And our lives will be a reflection of the way we worship. If we worship well, we'll live our lives well. If we worship God, we'll honor God. If we worship the world, we'll honor the world. Isaiah 41, 13, God says this. He says, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not, I am the one who helps you. I don't know if you think like this or not, but I think for me, that, that, that's the variable there, that, that, list, that little phrase there that God says, fear not, I am the one who helps you. I think what happens in my life is that, that when I begin to worship other things, it's because I find comfort in those other things instead of finding the comfort in the one I should find the comfort in. See, because it's God who helps us. It's God who provides for us. It's God who takes care of us. It is God who we should worship. See, you and I... As I said, we're created very specifically. We are image bearers to the living God. See, and we're not chameleons. God didn't create us to just kind of blend in with the world. He, he created us to stand out, to be a light, a beacon on the hill, to show the world who he is and share his love and his kindness and his compassion and his mercy for all of creation. See, when we worship God, it moves us to a place where we start to be different and change and become something different in the workplace, in our homes, with our wives, with our spouses, with our friends, with our children. We live as image bearers. But it takes us giving our whole bodies, giving all of us fully surrendered for the parents out there, maybe, maybe some of you have younger kids, maybe they're not old enough, but I know for us with the older kids, ha- has there ever been a moment when, when you hear your kids say something that you've said? Yes. Yeah? So, so when you look at your kids, you see yourself in them, right? Even in the littler ones. You know, I was watching, I, we had our, our, hanging out with our nieces uh, yesterday and, and I was watching the older one and, and as she was kind of talking and she was making facial expressions, I could see her daddy all day long. I really could. She didn't know it. She had no idea. 
I, I, but I could see her daddy in her all day long. And I look at, at the other one, you know, different parent. Um, and oh man, did I see her mommy all day long. <laughs> she's kind of bearing the image of who she surrounds herself with, who, who she lives with, who she's a part of. See, you and I are no different with God. We, we bear his image. We will behave the way we behave when we spend time with him and, and live our lives for him. When we're fully committed and fully surrendered to him, it'll show us, God will show us and teach us how to respond. And, and, and after a while, it'll just be natural. Kindness and love and mercy and grace, the fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, happiness, all of that will come natural because it's not anything but who we are. The way God shaped us, the way God created us. Well, I, I want to end our, our time together. Don't get too excited because I still got a little bit more. But, but I, I want to end our time together looking at a few more verses moving away from what Paul says here, but thinking about and going back to what Jesus says in chapter three of the book of Revelation. Because he doesn't just leave it there. He doesn't ever just leave us saying, hey, look, if you're not all in, you're done. He tells us a little bit more in the story. He says, listen, you may be halfway in. You may be lukewarm right now, but listen to me. I am standing at the door. I am here in your presence and I knock. If you hear my voice, open the door and I, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Isn't that beautiful? I, I don't know. When I, every time I read that, I smile. I love to eat. <laughs> And if Jesus is offering me a meal, man, I'm even more ready to eat. He says, come. We'll eat together. We'll share in this. And then in verse 21, he says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Think about that right there. Jesus sacrificed. He, he lived in God's will. He came he lived, he died, and he rose again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Think about what he's promising you and I if we were to just open the door and hear his voice. He says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. I want to tell you, whether you think so or not, God is speaking to you right now. God is knocking at your door. God is saying, hey, you know what? There's some areas in your life that you need to surrender to me. And all he's asking you is to listen. Listen to his voice. Trust him. Believe in him. Know that he stands at the door and he knocks. The door of your heart. And he wants you he wants you to be the offering. He wants you to know that he created you to have this intimate, loving, affectionate relationship with him. It's for you.
1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, in just a few moments, we're, we're going to celebrate communion. And I, and I use the word celebrate as truly uh, a word that, that I think we should express today. A celebration of the sacrifice that was given for each and every one of us. Because Jesus stands at the door and he knocks in your heart. And he does it because he's given himself as the one true sacrifice. And he did it so that you might know the love that he has for you. See, God created you to love you and for you to love him. The problem is that we've played hokey pokey for too long. The problem is that we haven't been all in and fully surrendered for too long. So this morning as we celebrate this, as we think about the blood that was shed and the body that was broken, it truly is a celebratory time because we are remembering the sacrifice that paid the price for me, for you. I want to read this again to you. Do you not know that your body is the temple of of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own because you were bought with a price. So this morning, every single day, glorify God with your body. And as we come forward this morning in a few moments, I want you to be the offering. Bring your gifts Bring whatever you have, but make sure it's all that you have. Make it sure it's all of you. Because Jesus, he gave all of himself for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? There's a little piece of paper in your bulletins. I don't want you to look at them right now. There's a little piece of paper in your bulletins and I want you to take them home with you. And at the bottom of that paper, you're probably wondering why, but at the bottom of that paper, it just says sign here. It's a blank page. It's an empty space. And I want you to see it as as you get into the presence of God. I want you to see it as a clean slate. See, there's a lot of things that we can look back to, a lot of things that we can... Uh, look to in our past, maybe some hurt, maybe some brokenness, maybe someone's offended us, maybe someone's hurt us. But I want to tell you this morning, God is giving you a clean slate. God wants you to know that he wants to fill in that blank page for you. See, it's God's perfect will for you. And I, I don't know what that will is. I wouldn't even begin to write on that piece of paper for you. But I do know this, that if you are transformed, if you allow God to change you, God will give you the discernment to know what to put on that page.
He will help you understand the perfect will that he has for your life. See, but by signing that page, what you're doing is saying, God, I trust you. Even though I don't see it all in front of me, even though I don't know all of it and I don't have it all figured out, even though I have some areas in my life that I haven't surrendered to you, Father, I will commit and fully surrender today. I will believe and trust because of what you have done for me. Open that door this morning. Let Jesus come in. Sit and break bread with a loving Father that has paid a price for you, for me. Listen to what he says to us in Hosea 6 6. God says, I want, to show, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. See, God, God loves you. God loves me. God loves the person sitting next to you. God loves all of his creation. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? Are you willing to surrender all to this God? Father, we thank you so much that uh, you've given us what you've given us. Father, there's no question that you love us. The only question that we have to ask ourselves this morning, Lord, is will we love you? Lord, you've shown us what that love looks like. You've shown us what it means to worship you, to, to surrender to you, to die to ourselves and follow Jesus. Father, I wouldn't even begin to, to know what you're doing in each and every person's heart this morning, but I know you are doing, and I know you are at work. So, Father, this morning I bow before you. I bow before you on my behalf, on behalf of every person that's here, Lord. Lord, and I pray that you would draw us closer, that you would fill us with your spirit, and that we would be open and willing and fully surrendered, Father that we would trust you in every way, in every moment, at every time. Lord, we are here to worship. We are here to give all of ourselves to you, Father. Lord, as we celebrate what you've done for us, Lord, help us to remember why you did this for us, why Jesus died on the cross for us. Lord, that there was a price that was paid. It was a price that that we couldn't pay for ourselves. And so, Father, I pray that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would wash us and cleanse us by this blood, that you would create in us anew, Father, that we would go away from here singing your praises and praising you and giving you glory, that we would be the light in this dark world. Lord, that we would worship you in every moment. 
no matter our circumstances, that we would rejoice in all things. Lord, I thank you for the body that was broken on my behalf. Lord, this morning, we celebrate you. Thank you, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.